Welcome to Martha Runs the World, a podcast with a new take on running, fitness, and all things health-oriented. I'm Martha Hughes, your host, and each week I present a new topic that is of interest to all runners. Starting on January 17th, Martha Runs the World will start a beginning running series on YouTube. It's totally free. And it's for the beginning runner who doesn't know how to start but wants to start running. There will be one video released every week, five minutes to ten minutes long, will give you the complete beginning steps and beginning exercises to get you running. We will start with pre-running before we start running. So if you are an awesome athlete who already does a lot of cycling or a lot of climbing or or whatever and just wants to start running, this might not be video for you or the series for you. This is for the total beginning runner who maybe has never run before or maybe ran 20, 30 years ago. So if you know someone who wants to start beginning running from the very start, and doesn't know how or is intimidated by those perfectly fit athletic folks on the other videos, then this might be the series for them. The links will be on the website, MarthaRunsTheWorld.com, and stay tuned for January 17th. Cheers! Welcome to Episode 155 of Martha Runs the World. I am Martha Hughes, as the introduction says, and this is the first episode of 2022. Coincidentally, 2022 is also the year that Soylent Green was supposed to take place in. People, they're eating people, people. All right. <laughs> there's there's a meme going around right now that says, go gently into 2022. Don't touch anything. Be very quiet. No, that's not my style. I touch everything. I jump into things without looking. I don't take precautions. So nah, I'm not going to follow that advice. If I make a mistake, I make a mistake. I make lots of mistakes. I don't care. I'm not going to be that cautious that I don't touch anything. I, I'm i the type that says, oh, what does this button do? <laughs> That's me. <laughs> That's how I learn. Make mistakes. What do they say? Um, it's better to ask for forgiveness later than to ask for per- permission beforehand or something like that. It's like that saying, whatever it is. But this episode is about the year 2022 and what's going to happen this year, what to look forward to what's going on, and I'm not going to really give too many predictions. I'm just going to talk about what I think the year... Okay, well, that is predictions if I'm going to talk about what I think the year is going to be. Duh, Martha, come on. (laughs) But I'm just going to talk about what is happening right now and what will continue to happen, I think. And also, after that, I'm going to talk about my race report of SF Day 1 race that happened that I did on New Year's Eve. And what will races look like this year? Are things going to go back to sort of normal like they were? Are we still going to have to contend with weirdly scheduled races or canceled ones? Well, okay, I have my crystal ball next to me. So we'll use that to see 
what things are going to look like. I think there might be some weirdly scheduled races, and I think depending on what part of the country or world you're in, there will be races that will still be canceled, unfortunately. I think some places are overly precautious. It's a shame that some places are too careful. We have to have some kind of normalcy in the world. We have to get back to races. As I said in a previous episode, it's not healthy to keep distancing each other all the time for every little bit, little thing. So I hope that we get more races back and I hope that more areas have races. There, You can have races with precautions. You can be careful if you want. Humans are social animals and we need to be among people. It's not good for our mental health to not be a, around other people. It's really bad to be isolated so much. Mental illness is up way up this year as is, as is drug addiction and alcoholism. It's way up. So I know that's out of the scope of this podcast, but these are things we have to contend with in running because it does affect our world and our runs and our community. So these are things we have to think about. So that is one thing that I, I hope that we get more races going. Running shoes, style of running shoes is always going to be something that will change as we go along. More styles are jumping into the market. Technology is ever-changing. It affects our shoes. Carbon fiber plates are big right now. They are taking the place of metal plates. So that's pretty cool. I think that's that's a great feature. They're lighter. They're stronger. And that is an excellent addition or replacement, I should say, to our shoes. I was looking at new shoes and one of the new shoes, one from North Beach hardly looks like a running shoe. It looks more like a booty. It's called the Flight Vective Guard Future Light. <laughs> okay, say that five times fast. It, it goes all the way up past the ankle. It's soft, breathable top, waterproof, and good for running in snow or rain. It has a carbon plate. And there's lots of support for tougher runs, but it looks strange. I mean, I, I'm sure it's excellent for snow or rain runs. If you live in Minnesota or do a lot of runs up in the snow where it's, it's snowy months out of, out of the year, Alaska, perhaps it's probably a great shoe. It just looks kind of strange and it doesn't look at all like a running shoe. I bet you it's a great shoe because the testers said it kept their feet dry and warm throughout the whole run in the snow. So that's excellent, excellent review for it. But it's a lot of money. It's $250 for a pair of shoes. That's a lot of money for a running shoe, and I will never pay that for a pair of running shoes. But hey, if you run in the snow all the time and you need protection and you need your feet warm and cold all the time, warm and cold, warm and dry all the time, then that's a good investment. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. Speaking of costs, running shoe companies will continue to make wacky looking shoes at expensive prices. And we have Nike to thank for that. Nike is designing shoes that, and they're not the only ones. There are also other 
other shoe companies who really aren't running shoe companies. They make running shoes, but they're not really running shoe companies like Adidas. They make these weird shoes that have like this divider thing in the middle of them. They're they're just very strange looking shoes and they probably appeal to casual runners, maybe beginning runners, maybe people who have always been faithful to Nike and don't realize that there are probably better shoes out there, but they're super expensive. They are like $250. So if you want a better shoe that isn't that expensive, they are out there for you. And laceless running shoes. Are they coming to, to running? Are laceless running shoes going to be a thing of this year and, and on forward? I think so. I think as the a lot of the runners get older and maybe because of injuries, because of arthritis and things happening to them that lacing up one's shoes are really hard, even though I say at the end of the show, you know what I say, <laughs> tie up your shoelaces. Well, laceless shoes, I think, will be an option for people coming. So stay tuned for that. And on the other end of the spectrum, the constant drumbeat from the minimal shoe folks is probably going to get even louder. They state that our shoes have too much cushion and that we should go back to primitive. Now, they're not going anywhere, and neither are the sandal people. The sandal people are part of that minimal shoe. And I will have on a guest in the future that will talk about minimal shoes, and we'll get more into that because I am not sold on minimal shoes. So we'll talk more into that and why he thinks we should be more into minimal shoes with with less cushioning. But like I said, I'm not sold on it. Maybe I will be after that, but we'll we'll find out. Now, I talked about shoes. How about socks? Why have running socks gotten so expensive? I got a pair of the darn tough socks, but I got them on sale. So I didn't pay the full price, but darn tough socks are like 20 bucks. <laughs> and most socks that I looked at are around $20. When did running socks get so expensive? I mean, the last time I saw they were like 15, but they've gone up to $20. So there's a lot of boutique bands, brands. There's a lot of boutique brands of socks. There's a lot of smaller brands of socks. And there's a lot of new features that make running socks super expensive. Now, hopefully this makes them all last longer too. Now, darn tough Darn tough socks have a lifetime guarantee. So if you buy them from like REI or straight from Darn Tough, you have that lifetime guarantee. If you get them from some unknown seller on Amazon, you may not have that guarantee. But if you get them from a reputable store or directly from Darn Tough, you have that lifetime guarantee. So if it gets a hole or something like that, you, you can send it back to them and you can get new ones. Only I think you only pay the cost of shipping. Think about that before you get them from that little seller on Amazon. Now races, virtual races are here to stay. Once the tagline of running jokes, virtual races became huge in 2020. And last year, I also said that they were here and they weren't going anywhere. And I was right. And I'm also going to continue that. I think that the biggest challenges, the big challenges like a marathon that I'm continuing to do. I have about 850 miles on that. So I still got a long ways to go. There will continue to be big. And 
they will continue to get bigger. And they are a lot of fun. I don't know about the smaller ones. Smaller ones might not be as big as races return, but the bigger challenges, the annual challenges, the, the yearly, well, annual is yearly, okay. But the big challenges, I think, will continue to grow. Also continuing to grow are the stage races. Vol State is one of them. That's a big stage race across Tennessee. It takes a few days as an example of one. And there are many others. I think those will continue to become much bigger. Some people love stage races. They love to go a particular distance every day and then sleep and then go get up and do the same thing day after day. Some people like to run all the way through it, but I think more people can probably do a stage race than run 200 miles in one fell swoop. <laughs> I think it's more realistic. I mean, some people can do 200 miles, some people can't. And then if you're not into that at all, then prepare for a rise in timed races. I think there are going to be more of them. I think they're easier to put on because you don't have to have them in a big, giant wilderness area. You can have them on someone's private property, which makes it a lot easier to put on and a lot easier to – you don't have to get permits for, or at least you don't have to get as many permits for. And you, if you can get the approval from, the, of course, the landowner, it, it's a lot easier to deal with. And you can have camping and that kind of thing. I even saw a couple timed races that I might do because they just, one is in a winery or two of them are, are in a winery. How cool is that to run around the grape vineyards? So be on the lookout, more timed races. Now there are more and more runners out there, especially since 2020, more on the road and on the trail with more new runners who did start during the lockdown in 2020. They probably don't know many of the rules of the road. So those of us who are experienced, we have to have a bit of patience and understanding. Newer runners don't understand that there are certain rules of the road that we do follow. I noticed that maybe one out of 10 runners in San Francisco run against traffic, which is, of course, the way you, you need to run. But most of them run with traffic, which, of course, is dangerous and not the safest way for them. It puts them in line with the cars. And so hopefully with some guidance from us experienced runners, we can set the examples on the best way to run. We really don't want to be Karens and tell them how to do things because who listens to that, right? That's just naggy and not a nice way to do it. But by running and setting examples, we can show them that this is how it is done, and hopefully they'll follow our example. And if not, what can we do, right? We can just lead by example. And more runners is a good thing. More runners out there, hopefully they will join races. And in races, being around other runners, they can learn how we do things. And one of the stories I was reading when I was researching this episode is that there are a lot more young people teens and children running, especially trail running. And I think that's great. I think it's it's really terrific, especially if that's what the child wants to do. I'm all for it. I'm all for kids who can go out there and do it as long as they're not pushed into it by their parents, as long as they're not doing too much too soon, as long as it's a gradual and healthy thing and their doctor approves it. I, I don't see a problem with it. What I do see a problem with it is when the parents are like stage parents and pushing their kids into it 
just to get accolades. And I see that a lot in running groups, particular running group where the parent has the kid just showing off their child and you can just tell that the kid isn't that happy. <laughs> and you know that as soon as they're able to, that kid is going to stop running. I mean, there's a big difference between a kid wanting to do it and a parent wanting the kid to do it. So if your child wants to run, that's amazing and that's great. I know several people whose kids want to run and they do run. A Coastal Trail runs, the, the owners, their kids run and they love it. They grew up with it and they absolutely love it. Stefan Fiandiero, who was on the show, he grew up loving to run and doing it. And now look at him. He's amazing. So there are ways that you can do it and there are ways that you can keep going and, and get your kids out there and doing it as long as they love it and as long as it's not too much and it's not, as long as it's not too hard on them and it's done in a healthy way, I don't see a problem with it. Now, FKTs will continue to happen and that's fastest known times. They will continue to be really big in 2022, especially in places where there are no races. That's a good, bad thing. I mean, we want races back, but if there aren't any races, people are going to find ways to get their timed runs in. So if your area isn't having races yet, I do feel sorry for you, but at least someone's getting some FKTs. I will admit that I have had my problems and I still have problems with Trail Runner magazine. They seem to be more political now than actually about trail running. So I, I don't like that. I focus on trail running and leave the, the social politics stuff to other publications, in, in my opinion. But I found this article, and I mostly agree with it. There are a couple things I have problems with it, but and I'll state that. But I thought it was worthwhile mentioning because it is actually a really good article. By Zoe Rome, this is what Zoe says to run happier and healthier in 2022. I'll add my own thoughts to what she says. I'll, I'll let you know when she, what I'm quoting, and then I'll add my own thoughts to it. There are 10 steps. The first one says, fuel for running in life. And she says, rather than focusing on counting macros or restricting calories, focus on fueling in a way that makes you feel good and gives you the energy to go after your goals. And that's common sense, right? Instead of doing a trendy, unhealthy, very restrictive diet, why not consider food as fuel and eat accordingly? I mean, it makes sense to me. I see all these trendy diets going on. Don't eat for four days and then gorge yourself. Gorge yourself until you can't eat anymore. Is that healthy? I will do actually a full episode on running and the eating problems in running because running does have an eating problem or the lack thereof eating in the future, that'll come out. And I'll talk more about that later. See food as fuel. Eat to help yourself. Eat to help your runs. Eat to help your life. Don't go yo-yoing. Don't starve and then gorge and starve and gorge. That doesn't really help anyone. Okay, next one. Buy less gear. Well, I agree that we should buy less I agree for a different reason than she does. She's concerned about landfills and recycling. And yes, that is important. And we have many more landfills than we should. I, I do agree. But I also think in this day and age, being more mindful 
of our finances is even more important. Sure, we should buy gear, but for you and me both, let's think before we make that impulse buy because saving for our future is more important. And sometimes we buy with our credit cards, and that's not a good thing. Racking up credit purchases instead of paying down our credit cards, instead of putting money in savings for our future, that might not be a good thing. Forget what you think strong is supposed to look like. We'll be right back. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we are the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. Strength trained for health and function, not looks. And she says it perfectly in the title. Strength trained for running, not to impress others. If you're already doing this, good for you. But strength training will keep you running for years to come. Before the COVID lockdown in 2020, I belonged to a gym. And I love belonging to a gym. I belonged to the Y. I loved going into strength training. And I strength trained a couple times a week. I loved working with the barbells. I loved doing squats and deadlifts and all that fun stuff. I loved doing it all. But when COVID hit, my gym closed down and it's still not open. It's 2022 and it's still not open. So I gave up my membership, I think like summer of 2020, because why? Why would I still pay for something that I don't have access to? I decided that body weight exercises are what I have to do. And I still haven't joined another gym or anything. So body weight exercises are a great thing to do. You can do all that stuff at home. If you're already doing it, that's awesome. And if you're not, then there are some great, great exercises to do. And I have made past episodes on doing body weight exercises. And you can find those. Uh, actually, I'll put links to a couple of the episodes in the website for this episode. All right. Start a training log. Our favorite thing about offline training logs is that they're just about you. I love this idea. I remember long before there was I, computers, long way before Strava or Garmin, I would fill notebooks full with my runs. It was fun writing about each run. I would put down what the temperature was like, where I went, my course, everything about it. I don't have those notebooks anymore. I wish I did because it would be so fun reading about them and reading everything that I did. Some people keep all their notebooks and keep them all meticulously lined up. Well, I was an active alcoholic back then. and We just didn't do that. <laughs> it wasn't us. So I don't have them, but I still remember them and I still remember writing in them. So, yeah, I, I think I'm going to start doing that. I think I'm going to start keeping track of all my walks. And in February, when I start running, all my runs. Focus on activity level, not weight. I love this one. I think this is my favorite one so much, so much. She says, brace yourself. Inboxes are about to flood with emails insinuating that January 1 is a great time to recommit to a restrictive diet. 
It'll work this time, we promise, and lose the COVID-15. Don't listen. That is very good advice. Whereas she also says, throw away the scale. Well, I don't quite agree with that point, and I'll tell you why in a minute. I think it's great advice not to go on a wildly restrictive diet just because it's January 1st or January 2nd or the first week in January because they usually don't work and you usually come back weighing more than you did when you started. And just because it's the first part of the year, just eat healthy. Why do we have to go on such a completely restrictive diet? Why can't we go on a logical, healthy eating plan? Why do we have to do something incredibly crazy? I, I don't get that. And I'm asking because I have done these things myself. One year, I think it was, what was it? The first, actually the first month in 2020, and I actually wrote an episode about it. I did the whole 30. And I did it for a month just to see what it was like. Well, it wasn't for me. I know that. <laughs> I'm not giving up dairy. I like dairy. But it was interesting to try it for a month. It was neat. And it was too restrictive for me because I don't like being told what I can and can't eat. Yeah, you tell me I don't want to eat it, I'm going to eat it. <laughs> I don't like being told what to do. It was interesting for a month. I tried it. It was cool. It was all right. But like I said, I won't do it again. And also about the scale. Some people say, never weigh yourself. To me, it's a tool. The scale is not a god. It's not your enemy. It's not your friend. It's not a person. It's not a being. It's a tool. Use it as a tool, as a guideline. It's like a food processor. It's like a air fryer. It's like anything else. It's a tool. It can help guide you in the right direction to let you know. Because I, some people say, just feel how your body is. Well, I, that doesn't work for me. I can't feel if I'm heavier or if I'm lighter. I really can't tell if I'm five pounds heavier or five pounds lighter. Now, if I don't weigh myself, I can gain 10 pounds and not even know it. I'm weird that way. I just don't understand. I don't get it unless I have that scale. And the scale keeps me going in the right direction. So everyone's different. If you feel better without a scale, then get rid of it. I don't see it as an enemy or as a thing. It's a tool. So it doesn't upset me. It doesn't, it, it, it's not emotional for me. But if it is for you, then, then by all means, get rid of it. Prioritize mental health. And I'm in total agreement with this. If you need the care and you need help, please get it. There are resources and information available, and it is important to do something if you need it. Too many people suffer in this world and in, in our world and needlessly, and they shouldn't be. There is help available if you need it. Listen to your body. Just like speed or endurance, the ability to listen to your body is a skill that can be cultivated. In 2022, make listening and responding to your body a priority. If you're tired, rest. If you're hungry, eat. If something hurts, don't run. Make a habit of listening and responding to your body's natural cues rather than pushing through. And I don't have anything to add to that. That's perfect. Yeah. Rest intentionally. This is my addition. Most runners, especially ultra runners, don't take rest and sleep seriously. Make it a priority in 2022. I've heard too many runners say, oh, well, I just, I don't have enough time, so I give up my sleep. Well, that's not going to help you. That will lead to sickness and injury and fatigue and just 
burnout. So you got to take that sleep seriously. Cut out something else. Invest in your community. If you want to help running, volunteer at a race or help work on trails. Maybe look at some other group you'd like to help. There are lots of groups we could use an extra hand, and that's my addition. Yeah, there are lots of things you can do to help volunteer. If you want, get out there and and help. They could always use a pair of hands. And then lastly, have more fun. And this is what she says. Get This year, get serious about having more fun. Resist the temptation to over-optimize in ways that prioritize productivity to the detriment of fun-ductivity. And then maybe that means not getting that PR or stopping to take a few pictures with your friends on a race. So enjoy yourself because this is the only 2022 we're going to get. And I agree with that. I think it's time to have more fun. It's been a couple rough years, so let's have fun, okay? All right, so those are my thoughts on 2022, and I'm going to give you my race report of the San Francisco one-day race. Well, this was the first race back from my surgery. I thought this would be a great welcome race back since it was on New Year's Eve. Now, I walked it, so I didn't run it, but I still had a really good time. SF one-day race takes place on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day in the Chrissy Field in the Presidio of San Francisco. The Presidio, and I did a whole episode on the Presidio and the history, so you can go back and check that out. But the Presidio is this great big part of the GGNRA, the Golden Gate National Recreation Area. It used to be an old army fort, army barracks, and Chrissy Field is this marsh area, and it's and it takes place around this, what is it, 1.06 loop. And part of it, you see the, the bay, and you see the Golden Gate, and you see this it's just beautiful. It's just a really cool, cool course. Um, where, now, they did move the head, the aid station and the headquarters and everything from where the parking lot is over to the closer to sports basement. But then that's fine. That's actually kind of easier because it's closer to the bus stop, which is at sports basement. I love it now that Muni runs the 30 bus out to sports basement. So that makes it very, very convenient to get to. So that that's kind of cool. So I didn't even have to take Uber. So that was a nice savings for me. So that was all right. So I decided to run, walk, okay, walk six hours. So I walked from noon until, well, I didn't go the full six hours. I, I did, I put in 6.29 miles. And that's the longest I've gone. It doesn't seem like much, but for me, that was pretty long. I I went until my hamstring started getting tight, and then I decided that was it. I'm not going to go another loop. I did want to go seven or eight miles, but I didn't make it. Eh, I went more than six, so I'm pretty happy about that. It was a beautiful day. Now, over Christmas and Christmas weekend, it had been pouring rain. It was rain, rain, rain all the time. And when I went to work on Christmas morning, I did take Uber because it was pouring rain and it was miserable. (laughs) So it was not fun. So we had a beautiful, beautiful two days for the race. It was sunny out. It was cool, but it wasn't freezing. I I bet you it got cold at night though, because it was really cold New Year's night. But during the day when I was there, it was sunny. It was glorious. It wasn't even windy. It was just beautiful. In fact, I got warm enough that I could took off my jacket and went in my short sleeved shirt. And it was just it was just really nice. I got to see all kinds of people, got to see some listeners of the show, got to see 
couple guests of the show. It was really nice. It was a nice race day. And I have to say that this is my favorite race. This makes me feel good. It's just a fun day. As often as I can, I'm going to be at that race. It's just my favorite, favorite race in the whole world. Thank you very much, Wendell and Lang, for putting on a, just a great, great race. And they are just top notch. So if you ever want to do a race in San Francisco and you don't know which one to do, the New Year's San Francisco one-day race is always the best race, in my opinion. It's just so funny. You can choose from 6 hours, 12 hours, or 24 hours. And it's it's just excellent. Okay, that is my show for the week. And that is the first show of 2022. And I hope you all had a wonderful New Year's. And maybe you got in a race or maybe just a run for the New Year. And I hope everything goes well. I am looking forward to... I don't know how many races I'm going to do this year. I did sign up for my first running race in March. I signed up for a 5K with Coastal Trail Runs in the Presidio. So I will start running in February. So hopefully I'll be able to run that. Also, my new series of beginning running is going to start on YouTube in the middle of this month. Sorry, I just forgot what what date it starts. But there will be more information on that coming up. I believe that comes out on January 17th. And every week we will give, and I'm not sure how long that's going to run, but for every week we'll I'll have a new video out on beginning running. So you can enjoy that. So that is it. And my links will all be in the website, so you'll be able to see that. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week and a wonderful 2022. And so... Go to the website, MarthaRunsTheWorld.com, if you want to give to Patreon, if you want to check out all the links. If you want to email me with your race report, I would love to get a race report from New Year's or from any races you've done so far. You Email me at MarthaRunsTheWorld at gmail.com. And until next week, let's tie up your shoelaces and go for a run. 